This is the Incubator and the Neonatology Review Podcast. We are your study buddies for neonatology topics. I'm Dr. Ben Korsha. And I'm Dr. Daphne Yasova Barbo. Welcome. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Incubator and Neonatology Review Podcast. It is Friday. We're doing questions. Um, yeah, Daphne, lead the way. Okay. We'll start with a neurology question five. That's where we find the questions for the eyes and the ears. Um, after referral to an ophthalmologist for photophobia and excessive tearing, a one-month-old male infant is diagnosed with congenital glaucoma. Damn it. That was, that's what I was hoping the question would be. <laughs> Which of the following disorders is associated with congenital glaucoma? Is it A, Beckwith-Wiedemann syndrome, B, Hurler syndrome, C, Marfan syndrome, D, Sturge-Weber syndrome, or E, tuberous sclerosis? Not as easy as you thought. That was super hard. <laughs> uh, I don't remember. Uh, no, not Marfan, not Hurler. You mentioned Beckwith Wiedemann left and right during our review this week. So I'm like, is that, was that, well, technically I did glaucoma. So it was not. <laughs> um, I'm thinking D or E, Sturge Weber or tuberous sclerosis. I know tuberous sclerosis pretty well and I don't remember that being. Oh man, Sturge Weber, really no, no certainty there, but Sturge Weber, I don't know. Okay, that's good. It's answer choice I got zero D. Um, most, many of the others are associated with other eye anomalies. Um, most of them are associated with cataracts, including tuberous sclerosis. Mm. Um, but Sturge-Weber syndrome is associated with congenital glaucoma in 30% to 70% of affected individuals. So you should commit that to memory. Sturge-Weber congenital glaucoma. And this is the syndrome that has the facial port wine stain. And mm -hmm. if the facial port wine stain includes the forehead, eye, and maxillary area, there's a 45% chance of glaucoma. Other syndromes associated with glaucoma include neurofibromatosis, retinoblastoma, homocystinuria, trisomy 21, congenital rubella, and Stickler syndrome, as well as long-term exposure to corticosteroids. That's a good one. Okay. All right, question five. Uh, no, question six. Mm -hmm. Wait, I'm, I'm losing my mind. <laughs> In evaluating a term newborn, the neonatologist observes bilateral leukocoria. Dun, dun, dun. Mm -hmm. There's no evidence of hepatosplenomegaly, microcephaly, intragrowth uterine restriction, or congenital heart disease. Audiologic evaluation reveals a severe hearing impairment. Mm. So bilateral leukocoria severe hearing impairments. Of the following, the congenital infection that is most likely responsible for the finding in this infant is... The congenital infection that is most likely responsible for this finding is... Choice A, cytomegalovirus, CMV. Choice B, rubella. Choice C, syphilis. Choice D, toxoplasmosis. Choice E, varicella. Yeah, I mean, this is a great vignette for torch infections. I hope, right? I hope it reminds people that even though it seems like low yield, whenever those questions show up, they're hard. <laughs> right. They're not easy. Right, right. So, uh, but this is telling you, you have severe both eye and hearing involvement. Mm -hmm. And it's, I mean, it's rubella. Right. It must be rubella. You'd be tempted to say CMV because like, oh, yeah. hearing loss. Come on, CMV. 
Right. No, it's actually right. You're right. It's rubella. The bilateral leukocoria described in the infant in this vignette is most likely the results of bilateral cataracts. The most common infectious cause of congenital cataracts is rubella. CMV and toxo infection can cause hearing impairment, but are associated with chorioretinitis, mm-hmm. not cataracts. We'll talk about those. I mean, it's, it's a, whatever. It's, we're talking about eyes and ears in the neuro section of the, uh, of the uh, book. And we're now talking about more about infectious disease as well. So it's, 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 it's straddling a lot of different topics. Fine. So, but, so that's okay. Congenital varicella is unlikely to produce cataracts. Mm-hmm. Okay, your turn. Okay, uh, question seven. A 650-gram newborn with an estimated gestational age of 24 weeks will need an ophthalmologic exam to screen for retinopathy of prematurity. Of the following, the most appropriate age for the first ophthalmologic exam in this infant is A, birth, B, one week of age, C, two weeks of age, D, four weeks of age, or E, eight weeks of age well i'm i'm i reviewed this so this is now easy we said 22 to 27 weeks it's 31 weeks corrected and then and then no 22 to 27 it's 31 weeks corrected and then after 27 weeks it's at just four weeks of age so in this case because it is 24 it just needs to get to 31 weeks so the one that makes sense is eight weeks of age this probably is an old question but that's okay uh yes that's correct um, retinopathy prematurity represents aberrant aberration in the growth and development of the retinal blood vessels. The most appropriate age for the first exam to screen for ROP is between 31 and 34 weeks. And so for this infant in this vignette, the ROP screening is most appropriate at eight weeks postnatal age. Okay. My turn. Uh, okay. Retinopathy of prematurity is the... We're doing question eight. Mm-hmm. Retinopathy of prematurity is the leading neonatal cause of blindness in the United States. Of the following, the population greatest at risk of severe ROP consists, consists of infants that are A, born extremely preterm, B, requiring prolonged assisted ventilation, C, treated with prolonged period of parenteral nutrition, D, with a family history of myopia, E, with a history of severe IVH. So they could be easy too. They don't. They don't all have to be mm-hmm. uh, slam dunk. But I think. I mean, you could, many of the things. These things do put you at risk for ROP. I think you could be tempted to answer B, requiring prolonged assisted ventilation, just given the association with oxygen. Um, but still, I believe the biggest risk factor is being born extremely premature. Mm-hmm. That's easy. Yeah, that was right. Uh, ROP affects twenty to fifty percent of all patients with a birth weight of less than 1,500 grams with a particular predilection for the smallest and most immature infants. Exposure to high concentration of oxygen for prolonged periods increases the risk of developing ROP in these infants. However, the presence of severe IVH need for neonatal intensive care or prolonged period of perennial nutrition does not impact the risk of ROP. The family history of myopia does not alter the risk of ROP either. And it's not just the form being being born extremely prematurely it's it's uh the, the prematurity and low gestational the low gestational general birth weight in, increases the risk of developing and the severity of rop as well so yeah okay okay um we are going to question neurology question 42 Ooh, i know yeah, we jump okay. we jumping about here mm-hmm. 
Um, so universal screening of all newborns for permanent congenital hearing loss can identify affected infants early, leading to timely intervention and improved speech and language outcomes. The two screening methods used in the newborn period are the ABR, the automated brainstem response, and the OAE, the autoacoustic emission screening test. Which of the following statements about the ABR and the OAE screening test is true? A, the ABR and the OAE take the same amount of time to perform. Mm-mm. <laughs> B, the ABR can be used to screen infants at younger gestational ages than OAE. C, the ABR can detect all types of hearing loss while OAE cannot. D, the ABR criteria for hearing loss has a lower decibel threshold than OAE. Or E, the ABR measures the acoustic feedback from the cochlea in response to an auditory stimulus, while the OAE measures brainwaves generated in response to an auditory stimulus. So you're looking for the true answer. I'm going to have to review these one more time. So you said we're looking for the true statement. We said mm-hmm. the AB, the first statement is that the ABR and the OAE take the same amount of time and, and, uh, and same amount of time to perform. That is not true. So that's not it. Choice B says that the ABR can be used to screen infants at younger gestational ages than the OAE. And that is something I don't um, remember. Um, I don't remember. That might be true, actually. Hmm. I don't know. We'll see. The ABR can detect all types of hearing loss while the OAE cannot. So now we discussed that it's, the ABR can detect uh, the additional neural hearing loss compared to the OAE. Does that mean that it tests all type of hearing loss? I'm not sure about that. Would that be considered all? I don't know. Okay. Choice D is that the ABR criteria for hearing loss has a lower decibel threshold. No, it's all, both of them are 35 decibels. So that's not it. And then the E is the ABR measures the acoustic uh, feedback from the cochlea. No, that's that's not it. So the ABR measures the brain waves and the OAE measures the acoustic feedback. So I'm sort of stuck mm-hmm. between B um, of all gestational ages or whether it tests for all hearing loss. Mm. Well, I remember that the ABR can do it at 34 weeks. So I'm gonna say uh, I'm gonna say B. I don't know if you can test to do an OAE at 34 weeks. I don't remember. Um. So the 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 answer is C. That the ABR uh, can detect all the types of hearing loss while OAE cannot, which you told us. <laughs> Good. Um, but, uh, and as a reminder, there are four main types of congenital hearing loss. The conductive, which is interruption of the sound wave transmission from external auditory canal to the anatomically normal inner ear. There's sensory neural and abnormal development of the inner ear structures. There's auditory dyssynchrony, which is abnormal processing of the auditory signal from the cochlea to the nerve. There's central abnormal processing of auditory input by the brain. All of those can be tested by the ABR. Uh, between one and three, and one and three of a thousand infants are born with hearing loss in the United States every year. Both the ABR and OAE screening tests are acceptable for screening hearing in newborns. Um, and at similar gestational ages, the ABR measures brain waves generated in response to an auditory stimulus, whereas the OAE measures the acoustic feedback from the cochlea in response to an auditory stimulus. Both tests use a cutoff of 35 decibels for an abnormal result, and both can be used for infants after 34 weeks gestation. Aha! <laughs> 
The ABR does take longer to perform than the OAE, but the advantage of the ABR test is that it can detect all types of hearing loss, including auditory dyssynchrony. The OAE may be unable to detect some forms of sensory neural hearing loss. All right, we're going to do one more. Okay. This is question 46. Mm-hmm. Daphna, it's a short one, Which of the, but it's, it's not an easy one. Which of the following conditions is least likely? Least so- likely. Least likely okay. to be associated with neonatal leukocoria. <laughs> Choice A, galactosemia. Choice B, isolated finding. Choice C, rubella syndrome. Choice D, smith lemley opitz syndrome. Choice E, trisomy 13. Which one is the least <laughs> likely to be associated with neonatal leukocoria? We're ending with a bang this week. I know. <laughs> well... I mean, galactosemia, yes. Rubella, yes. Smith-Lemleopitz, yes. So, isolated finding. But I did this section. <laughs> Don't feel bad. And I I think a lot of them can be isolated. This is what Because shows... it's neonatal leukocoria, mm-hmm. leukocoria, which is just a loss of the red reflex. I'm going to say trisomy 13. I don't think it has leukocoria. Good for you. Good for you. Because sometimes it feels like this is this to me, this feels really like board review where you review a section, then you do the question and, mm-hmm. and you get one wrong and you're like, didn't I just, just learn do it. this good grief? <laughs> so anyway, trisomy 13 is the correct answer. And it is the least likely to be associated with leukocoria. It, uh, so leukocoria, just to remind you guys, is a white pep. Pupillary reflex suggestive of lens opacification as a result of a cataract. Although infants with trisomy 13 may have eye findings, such as hypotellurism, microphthalmia, iris colobomas, retinal dysplasia, they are unlikely to have leukocoria. Galactosemia is an autosomal recessive metabolic disorder as a result of an absent galactose-1-phosphate uridyl transferase. Affected infants can have cataracts at birth as a result of fetal exposure to galactose. More commonly affected, more commonly, I'm sorry, affected infants present with cataracts at two weeks of age as a result of excess galactitol in the lens. About 25% of infants have an isolated congenital cataract, which is associated with an autosomal dominant pattern of inheritance. Approximately 50% cases of rubella syndrome will have congenital cataracts, and other congenital infections with cataracts include herpes simplex virus, varicella syndrome, and toxoplasmosis. Smith-Lemley-Opitz syndrome is an autosomal recessive disorder linked to a defect in cholesterol synthesis and can present with cataracts second and third tosyndactyly, antiverted nostril genital anomalies, microcephaly, and growth restriction. Okay, buddy. That was pretty good. Yeah, we did it. Okay. All right. Sounds good. We have Have another meeting starting very soon, so I'll see you very soon. But thank you, guys, and I will see you on Sunday for uh, an episode of Journal Club. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Incubator and Neonatology Review Podcast. If you like our show, please leave us a review on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. We would love to hear from you, so please feel free to reach out to Daphna and I via email by sending your messages to nikupodcast at gmail.com. You can also message the show on Twitter at NICU Podcast. Thanks again for listening and see you next time. This podcast is intended to be purely for entertainment and informational purposes and should not be construed as medical advice. If you have any medical concerns, please see your primary care practitioner. Thank you.